Bum, 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 bum. I'm kidding. Football enthusiast, rejoice! Welcome to the Kickaboot, your ultimate destination for everything Premier League this episode. I'm your host, Mike Jose Collins, and today we're diving headfirst into the adrenaline-charged action from the opening weekend of the most exhilarating football league on the planet. Joined with me is, as always... Hello, I'm Ryan Galati. I was getting slightly offended because he introduced himself and not us. Also, when you started with ba ba ba, just <laughs> kidding. What were you kidding about? Uh, that my pipes were gonna be uh, cherished from people listening with their ears. Wow. Uh, my, I'm speaking in riddles. <laughs> Dan, introduce uh, yourself. Let's, let's move on to my introduction. I'm Daniel Ramos. If you don't already know, let's go to the pod. <laughs> Anywho, in this electrifying episode, we'll dissect the highs, the lows, and the jaw-dropping moments that unfolded as the Premier League kicked off in style from last-minute winners. Did we see any of those? No. Anyway, join (laughs) us as we relive the euphoria of the goals, the drama of VAR decisions, indeed, and the sheer intensity that only the Premier League could deliver. But first, first and foremost, the Women's World Cup final is going to happen between England and Spain, two nations in their first ever World Cup final. So we will have a brand new wiener. wiener, wiener. <laughs> Spain uh, beat Sweden in their semifinal 2-1 to one in England, 3-1 to one over hosts Australia. Did you guys have any takeaways from those games? Uh, takeaway from Australia, England. Even though Australia lost, Sam Kerr is absolutely phenomenal. Baller, dude. And to see Australia did what they did without her for the most part, Actually makes me a lot more pressed in Australia. Because, yeah. Uh, I don't think I actually gave them enough credit because I, I don't think I looked deep enough into it in the fact that they were without Kerr. But Sam Kerr makes that team a lot better, which also says something else about England because England did clean house the rest of the game apart from Sam Kerr's brilliance. Uh, on the other side of the Spain versus Sweden, I think Sweden's great. I like Just going into the game, I thought Spain just was greater and I was proven Right, just yeah. throughout the I whole think, course yeah. of the game. I think most people were thinking that. Spain's great, man. Spain I really, really so like them. Fun to this watch. final is going to be probably one of the most even World Cup finals that we've seen in a very long time. Yeah. I mean, we got France, really Argentina in the men's one, too. So, I mean, the the comparison is pretty it's pretty sick. Two is, great World Cup finals back-to-back. Just because I don't know this off the top of my head, is... Um, What's her name? Uh, James? Is she Lauren, back? For Lauren James is Lauren back James for the back finals. Will really? be back, yeah. yes. Okay. I yeah. thought so. Yes. I couldn't remember. She's only available to come back if they made the finals. Yeah. So. Uh, we wanted that's to, a cool story. We, <laughs> we wanted to keep you guys updated on all things uh, World Cup that was happening. Unfortunately, it is the w- last uh, week uh, of our schooling uh, for this semester. So we've been incredibly busy. Uh, and trying to wake up for these games or stay up late for these games when we have about monsters and monsters of uh, work to do did not really play in the cards that we were dealt. But we will uh, probably watch this on Saturday at 4 a.m. It's at 6 6 a.m. I'm kidding. That's the the second one. 6 a.m. on Sunday. Yes. Yeah, the the, the third place one is Saturday. It just still sucks. 6 a.m., yeah. It's still so early. We'll be up. I'm really burnt out from this semester, so I'm just waking uh, up that early is going to be hard. In other soccer news, obviously this is the Southampton podcast, so we have to keep you updated. In the championship, Southampton drew their match with Norwich City. Four to four, two goals from Adam Armstrong. Ryan, give us the debrief. Uh, It was a really funny game. Defense was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I was watching on, you know what, no, no. 
I was watching on a Norwich coverage because I had to stream it, and I spent the good a good half hour finding a stream that was even going to show it. The Norwich commentators were getting quite, quite on my nerves because here's hear me out. When when you when you're watching a match, and it's in it's in second half stoppage time, right? And there's a penalty call. It always looks bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like unless like you absolutely take the shins of someone in the box, it always looks bad. But Kyle Walker Peters receives the ball in the box, uses his body to protect it, and the Norwich player that's running towards him from behind does not slow down an inch and runs directly through the back shoulder of him, knocking him to the ground. They were off their rockers saying, this is the worst thing ever, it's the lightest pen call I've seen, blah, 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 blah. And I wanted to punch my screen, quite frankly. No other way to put it, I wanted to punch it. But Adam Armstrong took advantage of the pen, uh, both of his goals were pens. That is the yeah, unfortunate yeah. thing about the brace is that it was. It's fine. Well, I mean, a well, 97th minute winner is pretty nice. That's still yeah, a, lot or, of a pre- tire. Still a lot of pressure. Yeah, tire. 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 Yeah. <laughs> the 97th minute tire. Tire. Um, it, it's a bit awkward to look at Adam Armstrong's start to the season because you're like, oh wow, like three goals in two games. Uh, but his first goal of the season was a tele shot that deflected off the top of his head. Uh, and just shifted yeah. angles, <laughs> and then his other two goals are pens. So uh, he's doing great. Che Adams, too good for yeah. the too good for the championship. Scored a goal. Uh, yeah, but like just like What's his ability to find space and like finish. Uh, he's he's too beautiful. good for it. Beautiful. Like yeah, I, th- I thought for sure him and Walker Peters were gonna get bought, for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised more that Che hasn't. Che for sure, yeah. Walker Peters, for some reason, I think just the fact that last year he like struggled a little bit, I think did, teams yeah. aren't entirely over the moon for him. Two seasons ago, he was so good, though. Yeah. Like, he was I, so fun to watch. Yeah, I, I think even if we get up next year, I think he'll play a role in it if he doesn't leave this summer, um, and I think he'll be gone regardless. But he's he's done well so far. Che is too good. I think he'll be gone before the deadline, which is unfortunate, but it's kind of how you have to expect things to go. Um, but I am very worried for Southampton's sake uh, because we are out of midfielders right now. <laughs> uh, we just sold Lavia and Ward Prowse, and now Will Smallbone is injured for like a couple months, apparently. Uh, so now we have no one. We definitely got to address that whole saga on yes. this pod. Why don't we talk about the, um, oh, the, I can the lobbyists? Just Chelsea-Liverpool in general. Yeah, yeah. We can talk about too. Uh, before that, though, Dan, uh, this game finished 4-4. What do you think the possession was? Um, I think – oh, that's, that's tough. I'm going to say – I'm going to go 60-40 for Southampton. 70-30. How many shots do you think for you Southampton? For Southampton? Damn. How many shots? Okay, if you have that much possession, it doesn't always mean you're taking shots. But I'm gonna say on on goal or just shots in general. Uh, we can do both. Okay, uh, just shots. I'm gonna go like twenty three. On goal, I'm gonna go like eleven. You got on target correct eleven, but they took thirty one shots. Oh my gosh, dude! Uh, to Norwich's Norwich City got six shots on net and scored four goals. <laughs> Domination, dude. Norwich was literally just clinical. They had they have yeah. a player named like Gabriel Sara who like I don't know who he is, absolute banger he scored. Uh, they got a guy named Fastnacht from Switzerland who's like a guy that he was playing for Young Boys I believe in Switzerland. He's always been like a good player like he has Europa League experience and stuff. Um, he scored on us too. It was just like generally it's a game that should have been like four one any other given day in my opinion for us. But then the thing with Southampton is that possession wise it's sort of hard to judge us off of it because our manager 
is like known for his possession style and like literally all he asks is just to keep the ball like is it fun to watch though sometimes it's it prioritizes keeping the ball over like making like the risky like pass kind of through or whatever like he he it's like a very much look for openings and like wait for them style but like it has its moments where like it is fun and the norwich game to be 4-4 i mean it was pretty fun because every both teams were just counter-attacking like it was nothing um but yeah to go into the midfielder talk i guess it's something that you and i can both discuss yeah uh as far as ward prowse leaving goes that was a very sad that was probably the saddest story i've had to see and go through uh, like uh, up to my soccer life to this point because like he is Southampton but I was also talking with my friend and like of the Prem clubs he could have gone to I'm like very okay with West Ham like West Ham doesn't annoy me a a lot of teams I think like I would have been like oh I don't want to see him like in that shirt like I don't even like love West Ham as you may know from previous podcasts if uh if if you're listening fellow Ryan other Ryan sorry but um yeah, I, like, I don't love West Ham, but, like, him be playing for West Ham, like, I'm very okay with it. Like, I think they'll take care of him well. Especially Nemoyes. That's, like, his bread and butter, bro. Yeah. And then uh, Lavia, I don't know what that meant, actually. but Because um, his, his set pieces, Moyes loves set pieces. Now he has one of the best free kick takers in the world. I'm more, I guess. Moy, Moyes. Moyes? Oh, is it Moyes? You said Moyes? Moyes. David Moyes. Uh, oh yeah. I think you are saying. I think you're you're, I think you're, you're saying it. I think you just it. randomly threw a little flair in that. Yeah. I think you randomly Chilean did. You did. Yeah, but he did start he's saying. Like, isn't it just English? David Moyes. David Moyes, <laughs> my <laughs> favorite. Um, okay. No, he's regardless, Scottish. I think that his set pieces are going to look beautiful with James Ward-Prowse taking them. Oh so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's. <laughs> it's. I'm not going to be like, overzealous of like what James Ward-Prowse is. Like yeah. his set pieces are his by yeah, far. Yeah, if there's one thing that you actually. can be overzealous of what he does, it's that. No, I know, but like people are like, like a lot of Southampton fans are like, oh, like he deserves like England minutes, like blah blah blah. Set pieces are his number one thing, and like yeah. it's not even close. He's yeah. quality elsewhere, but set pieces are his thing. Um, but then the other deal, Romeo Lavia, to my dancing friend over here, Mike. Uh, there was a bit of a saga with <laughs> Liverpool that made yeah. you a little on the sad side. Uh, no. Oh, it's okay. far too much money to pay for him, uh, oh, what they oh, actually did right. end up paying for him. But don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I wanted Lavia. If you, well, I said this last pod. If it's just that much more money, just pay the damn money. Why did you do this whole Moises Casado thing? And then Lavia heard that, and this is coming out now, that his camp saw that and was like, oh, I'm second choice, so I'm going to go Chelsea. Screw these people. What the hell is Liverpool doing? It actually bothers me so much. I don't even know what the plan is at this point. We got Endo or whatever his name is from uh, like Stuttgart. Or, yeah, I, You like that signing? Yeah, he's like a worse Fabinho. No, I like him. Look at all the stats. He's just a worse Fabinho, and he's 30. Yeah, but like Let's being, try to get younger. Yeah, but like you also have to consider the fact that he's playing for Stuttgart. Yeah? like His stats are going to play into the fact that Stuttgart's not that good. They were a, they were a lower half. I'm not talking about that. Uh, those stats. I'm talking about possessions, one, tackles, fouls. Oh, all of that. He's yeah, no. smaller, and he's thirty. No, but I, I honestly only like it as for like the value you're getting. Like, to me, I it, don't care about value if we're willing to spend 110 million. True, but like just as that signing, like as far as just being like kind of a on the pitch like leader goes, and like sort of that little hold back, like for even like a little bit, I think 
he to me is like a I don't know if what you'll think of this he to me is like currently like a bit of like a worse Jordan Henderson but like still very similar like archetypes. Well, I hope not. Jordan Henderson was terrible. Yeah, is that what? <laughs> you oh no, I, no, no. I mean, no, no. I mean, like a slightly worse, like prime Jordan Henderson. Yeah, uh, prime Jordan Henderson was incredible. Um, we we just don't have any young people in midfield right now. Who do we have? Tiago, Curtis Jones, I guess. I don't think you always Thiago's need. Or not in midfield. Yeah, I mean, in um, uh, d- defensive midfield, a hold in. Hold I in still there. don't think you always need like like I honestly. I want to develop somebody in that position though, because uh, in two years. What the hell is Endo going to be? Or what is this guy's name? Well, like, I think Wataru that, Endo. Wataru Endo. Well, isn't that just going with the timeline of your top players? Like Mo and, and Van Dyke? Like, they're older now, too. So it wouldn't Yeah, but the reason we want a Casado over Lavia is because you can still do something. He's the perfect in-between. With I, the I prime think. of the those two players and have that in-between, where now you're just committing to, okay, we just need a player. We're buying someone for the sake of buying totally someone that's that. bought. Yeah. The whole thing is just a complete disaster. Yeah, it's really, like... It's just bad. A, it's really bad business. How does that happen? T- two times, not just once. Two like times. Twice. How do you bid that much for a player and not even know if he wants to join? Well, okay. It did come out that Caicedo's representation has been just horrible for years about doing this to teams constantly, saying that he's going to do this. So I don't actually blame them necessarily for that. For the Lavia thing, you have to completely blame them for screwing that one up. Lavia, they should have just. They should have just paid the money. Made, if that was the they, player they you wanted, just pay it. the money. Like I don't know quicker. what they were doing. Um, And then I think uh, when it comes to Chelsea fans, guys, nobody picked Chelsea over Liverpool. You're just paying them more money. That's that's what happened. Uh, (laughs) You're paying them more money. I will say from the from like the inside thing, the one thing Romeo Lavia did like about Chelsea was the fact that in last August, like right after we signed him, like he'd only played like two or three games for us. Chelsea like immediately made a fifty million offer. Yeah, like they like loved him. They liked them. Yeah, so like he really cares. Even about even that he, then, but like yeah. even he said like he brought it up on his own that he liked that. Like it was something that like no one even had to bring stats up. Like he didn't forget about it. So he liked that. But yes, they also definitely yeah, offered you, more. You agree money. to the terms. You want to go to the team, and then you get offered more money, and you change. I mean, it's it's just money, especially in the Casado thing. Now that it's coming out with all how horrible the representation was. Also, like as a young player, though, like Chelsea's project looks really fun to be a part of. If uh, I were a young player, and I not was if like, I'm those players, I don't think it benefits no. Lavia. Caicedo, uh, I think it's fine. Well, Lavia now, Caicedo, I think it's fine, choice. but I don't think either. Well, no, Lavia's going to start with both of them. Well, probably start, but like he was their backup plan. I feel like Caicedo was always no, the first option. No, I think option. they were just always revamping that midfield. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think Lavia had the chance to like immediately make himself the face of like the future of Liverpool. Yeah, the same with Casado. I don't know how you watch that Chelsea-Liverpool game and don't think, oh, I'm the missing piece. That's yeah. the only thing that was missing from that Liverpool squad was the holding mid. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Was, like, outside of Enzo, though, Chelsea's midfield was looking pretty not great either. Either So, like, he also could be looking at that and be like, I'm the missing piece there, too. Yeah. You know? It's true. I mean, there's a lot of money. And, and there's a lot there's of money. There's a lot of money. I mean, let's be honest. People aren't picking City because they want to represent the badge. Do you know who Sergio Gomez is? <laughs> Do you know who Phil Foden is? What about Sergio Gomez? You got yeah. him from Anderlecht. Yeah, and he loves us. <laughs> he got offered a route to Manchester City out of Anderlecht. Yeah, and he's a childhood fan, buddy. Yeah, every, what are you on about? He's a childhood oh, yeah. fan. So he, he wants to play for the club. 
That doesn't matter. He was at Anderlecht. Yeah, and Mike said no one's choosing City. If you put him in a scenario where he chooses between City or something else, he's going to choose City because he grew up a City fan. No, I think it's more the money. I think it was or just... he just grew up a City <laughs> fan, like he saw it, said on multiple occasions. Uh, anywho. Liverpool... It's not impossible <laughs> to grow up a City fan. Mm. Is it impossible? I don't know. No, it's not. Mm, now it, it is. It exists. Yeah. I mean, speaking from experience, I used to be, and I couldn't grow up one, so... Why couldn't yeah. you grow up when oh, you just never grew up? <laughs> uh, yeah, the whole, right. situ- whole situation is a complete disaster. Liverpool you didn't grow up either Absolute fool of yourself. The whole, I mean, this whole thing looked Five terrible. Four. Let's jump into uh, the fixtures Ratio. that we watched here. Let's start with the first game, Burnley, a man city. Um, 3 nothing win for Manchester City. Erling Holland scores on his first touch of the game. He's back. The robot back. is here. Back. He's back. Uh, he just scores goals, man. He, mm. I think you, you guys couldn't watch this one live. Did you guys get a chance to rewatch, or did you watch this one live? Uh, no, I was on an unfortunate trip back home from. Oh yeah, yeah, you were in. I but was I was able to my feature for class. Feature. I was able to see like extended highlights. I did yeah, I watched like, like the ten minute highlight yeah. pack. And uh, uh, I did. I did watch this one. Um, Burnley looked really good. I was actually surprised yeah. by how Burnley held up against City. The difference between both of the both of these teams is pretty damn obvious. I think it's insane that Erling Holland can contribute absolutely nothing to the team. He's like the reason that people hated Ronaldo on Man United in his second spell was because he was just up there. Like he would score a goal, but he wouldn't do anything. He wouldn't help out in any way. Uh, Holland can do that, and the, he doesn't make like. He, he has the people behind him who can help out, and he, all he has to do is score goals. That's his job. It's yeah. awesome. Uh, he's like – Superb finish, by the way. Incredible. The second goal, the second goal yeah. oh, my yeah. God, what a goal. I mean, when yeah. That thing that was amazing. That, like, this guy is so damn good at just scoring goals. Yes. That's all he, he needs he's to like, do. It's all he has to do, and he's so damn good at it. Yeah. it but Pep will still get mad perfect. at him. Yeah. You guys see that? Yeah, he's yelled at him, yeah. hit the camera. It's well, crazy. I I do think that like even though, like, he played he played in that like way or whatever like he is that guy that you can just keep up front and like just rely on for goals. I think Pep wants more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, I don't think Pep just like put him up there and was like, yeah, just put the ball in the net and like I'm fine with it. Like I think no, Pep no, no. wants him well, to fall back. I agree. Even yeah, Holland yeah. was supposedly like a little frustrated that he wasn't getting as many touches as he wanted. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess I guess yeah. that showed in when them. It is kind of fighting. funny that he did get like a. a brace on a opening match week and he's upset with himself and so is his manager which is really funny to think about yeah i mean he um, it, it is funny because you watch that game and he did nothing I, like he really did absolutely nothing i see people on on like twitter saying like you guys know like that narrative like pep does stuff for like the cameras and stuff like that i actually don't think that was the case in this i think pep is ah, genuinely that's just pe- the, the, it was very toxic I think Pep is thing. just People genuinely say that about like every so new manager passionate. that's doing something well. Like when Klopp would like scream at stuff, it was the exact same thing in the, his, his early years. No yeah. world class manager is worried about what the cameras. Yeah. Dude, Nobody that's what is. I'm saying. Nobody thinking like, about that. Like to get to that level, you have to be borderline insane. Yeah, if and you're Pep Guardiola, passionate. you do not care about what the cameras are watching. I totally agree. Nobody the only does. one that like you could even argue remotely does is Mourinho, but Mourinho also is just his own personality. Yeah. Like I think it's I not even like guy. he just likes the banter, bro. Yeah. He, if he does, he, he gets that. a pass. Yeah. Love that guy. Like it's not even like he like cares about the cameras. He's just like this is my personality, deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Like I think it's just like who he is though, like all He's the time. Best, man. I love Mourinho. Um but no, I agree with you. Burnley like they look good. They look I, really solid. Company, I knew man. going into it stylistically that like score wise, it was not going to be in Burnley's favor. Like, of course, yeah. I mean, especially company being a manager that trained under 
like Pep yeah. and has kept a similar style. He's playing a similar style with far worse players individually, yeah. like yeah. you have to admit. So like it's never gonna go that way. But like they held their own and they made it known to me at least that they're not like like they showed the most promise of the of the promoted teams. Yeah. Oh my, my gosh, yeah. Even though they lost three nothing, like Sheffield only lost what, I think one nil, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like to me, Burnley I thought looked the best. Um they look I was, really damn good. James Trafford. I especially. know, I was about to mention that. I was upset that they didn't give the start to Murich because I think Murich deserves James looks, Trafford was but Trafford amazing. was so good. He yeah. was so, so good. Three goals and he was like the second best player on the pitch. I know. It's nuts. It's just upsetting. I want like I want Murich to succeed and Murich is a very good goalkeeper, but they signed James Trafford just out of being absolutely phenomenal. He's wicked. They're, they're not gonna regret He's it. He's so wicked, man. Yeah. Uh the big story, Kevin De Bruyne goes off injured with a hamstring. Uh, something going on there. He might need surgery. Have they decided? Do you know? City yeah, he, he's, he's getting he's surgery. surgery. It's confirmed. Uh, four months was the expected time. Yeah, it's three to four months. That's brutal, man. That is tough. Dan, how do you feel? I think Foden's going to the midfield. I yeah, think I mean, it's his time, too. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't know, because they got Paqueta now. That's not confirmed yet. It's pr- pretty it's like, much It's close, but it's not like confirmed yet. But it's probably, yeah, it's going to happen. But I don't think he offers the same thing. KDB does obviously. I mean, yeah. no one in this world does I think realistically. The, the but. issue with Foden too is it doesn't even seem like Pep knows where to play him. Yeah, I mean, I think he just prefers other players at the positions he excels at. He always starts Grealish over him. He can go to the midfield. Yeah. He, like, but the thing is, like, Gundo's gone now. Like, and I feel like that opened up a spot for Foden to get into the midfield. Um, and now with KDB injured, it's like. I think for sure he's yeah, going to that's there. Yeah, that's the spot. Do you feel like um, – because even in England, it's kind of the same thing. It's like they don't know where to play him. And Manchester City is the same thing. They don't know where to play him. But we've been talking about him for so long, about oh, this is the next thing, the next thing, the next mm-hmm. thing. And he's just never really found a spot. Where do you think he goes from here? Do you think it, he's going to solidify himself now that KDB's gone in the mid? I think this is the year this for sure. That? I mean, like literally Pep said he's like one of the best – it was the best prospects he's ever played with since Messi or something like that, or the best or coached or better than Messi. Oh, he said better than Messi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said so this like is the best, like or the just, most talented player. I've most ta- ever something like that. It was just like very okay, high praise. Okay. Yeah, that's all. That <laughs> sure, that, that yeah. one might be for the cameras. That one might be for the cameras. But no, yeah, I do think he solidifies himself in the midfield. I think this is the year. He's like twenty five now, twenty four. Like this, this is the year. This is. I think that. I think twenty three. Twenty three. Oh, even younger than I thought. So I think this is the year that leads up to City transitioning into his team one day. Nice. I yeah. still don't think. <laughs> nice. I, st- <laughs> I still don't think the midfield is his best calling, especially in the Pep system. Personally, he's he's still amazing on the wing. I just I really like what I see from him whenever he plays midfield. And like, yeah, like don't get me wrong, like he can do very well the, on the wing. He's very good, but I just even, I just even think, especially seeing that they're getting Paqueta, like I think. It's. I think that agenda has been pushed even farther by the fact that De Bruyne is injured, mm-hmm. and I, I think that means that Paqueta is the replacement personally. Well, that, okay, but who's who would play in the midfield then? Rodri, Kovacic. Paqueta. I, I'm playing Foden over Kovacic. Kovacic. I'm. I'm Kovacic. Kovacic over Foden. Yes. That's insane. No, it's not. That's so dumb. Though. Kovacic even proved against Burnley that he's class. I'm. I'm. Dude, no. I am exhausted. Of this, Kovacic was signed by City as a fourth midfielder, a Dude, backup. I, I he don't wasn't. He, I'm not calling him a bad player or anything. I'm very happy he's on the team, but I'm starting Foden over Kovacic. Not in the midfield, no. Dude, I am. Incorrect. All day. All day. Incorrect. 
Especially That's if you just have, your opinion. Don't mix up a fact, bro. It's not correct. <laughs> mix up the facts. What are you saying, you, facts? Pe- you seem to do that a lot. You mix up opinions <laughs> and facts. You just quoted Pep saying that Foden is better than Messi. Yeah, what does that have to do with what we're talking about? You're talking opinion, too. Yeah, exactly. So don't say incorrect if it's opinion. Oh, no, but you're incorrect. No, you're incorrect. <laughs> Anyways, if Grealish is playing on the wing, Foden's going to the midfield. So Yeah, but Foden should play on the wing over Grealish. 100 million in person, you're going to just put him on the bench? Correct. You're Man City. Yeah, it's Man City, dude. No, you can't. What do you mean? That's what's, can't. what's Also, Pep also just loves Grealish, so I don't think that's going to happen. Well, then Foden better find somewhere else to go. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You're going to be wrong, but we'll see. Speaking of Man City, they just won the Super Cup yesterday. Uh, Dan, did you get a chance to watch those highlights? I know you couldn't watch it yourself. Yeah, working on my digital. Yeah. Semester's uh, done, though, guys. We're actually going to be watching games now. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, I just watched the highlights. Um, all I can say, Rodri. He's the man. I love you, man. He's the really, man. You're the best, dude. I, th- I think he's slowly becoming my favorite player in the world to be he's honest. He's really really damn good especially at that after that Burnley game too. I watched I did watch the Super Cup game yesterday. Uh Rodri looked incredible. Uh Cole Palmer scored the equalizing yep. goal after yep. Sevilla went up in the first half. Uh Man City did eventually went on penalties. Uh Cole Palmer, Pep said he's not going to loan him. He's either going to stay or he's going to be sold. He's sold. What? He's sold. Literally like, as we were No, no, no. But he's going to be. <laughs> oh. You had your phone, and I was like, wait, there's, uh, a, there's yeah, an announcement? Yeah, guys, tell me. Why do you think he's going to be sold? Doesn't, doesn't fit in a, into Pep's team in the next five years? Take the money out of him while you can? The hell is City going to do with Cole Palmer? He, Dude, he, was, he scored for City yesterday and was still the worst-rated player out of the starting 11 on the field. He scored yeah. in more finals than Holland. And <laughs> was still the worst-rated player on the field. Nice. That's saying something. Yeah, like I know I, it's I know it's ratings from like an app, but like <laughs> it's still saying something. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I wouldn't be the saddest if we sold him. Um, maybe give him some more time, but like if we ended up selling him, it's not the biggest deal, dude. Just just do, as long as we don't give up Rico Lewis. Do what good. City always does: sell him with a buyback clause on it. <laughs> That's just the classic city move because yeah. they know that youngsters don't fit in their system. Mm-hmm. So you sell them, you put a buyback that's valid until 2025. You sell them to Bournemouth. He tears up the scene there a little bit. Next thing, people are offering 25 million, and then he sells to them, and Messi doesn't buy him back, and then he has a good career. That's exactly what's going to happen. He just doesn't work at City. That's my take. <laughs> All right. All right, on to the next game. Uh, Runners-up last year, Arsenal beat Nottingham Forest 2-1. Two, two, uh, I sneezed. Bless you. <laughs> Bukayo Saka scoring and Niketia also goal. scoring. Uh, Nottingham Forest did score a late one, but it did not really matter. Arsenal mm-hmm. in complete control of this game, 79% possession, 15 shots on net. Uh, it was a pretty good game. I was having a lot of fun. Yeah, good showing by Arsenal. Timber's out for their season. Yeah, that yes. sucks. Uh, Timber is out, but Arsenal looked really damn good. Um, the Timber one is probably going to hurt them, but I think that they'll probably just look to move forward. I mean, City just lost KDB, but it does look like Arsenal is the closest thing to compete with City this year. Uh, did you guys like this one? How did you guys feel about it? Uh, I'll start. I just think it's. I'm. I'm. I'm going to take the losing side first. 
Go for it. Uh, I think it is absolutely hilarious that Nottingham Forest still has absolutely no clue what their best starting 11 is because of how many players they bought. <laughs> I think it's the funniest narrative in all of the Premier League right now that week in, week out, they just seem to like an hour. But like, it honestly, it looks like an, an hour 20 before the game. Their like management realized they're like oh uh, uh they just have the sheet in their hands they're like uh, send send them uh, positionally yeah three center backs good it just seems like they throw something together and they're like yeah okay done how yeah like I know Brennan Johnson's great how Awoniyi is not starting in that striker role at the, from the start of the game being that he is the best striker that they have by a mile and Brennan Johnson out on the wing how that's not happening I have no idea. I don't know why you needed Elanga to prove by getting subbed on in the 80th minute and assisting two minutes later to no other than Awoniyi. I don't know how you don't know that those are a couple of your best attackers and you could use them sooner. Yeah. I think it's the funniest thing ever. They, I saw like little promises out of them in the game, but they secured themselves a spot in my head of like bottom five. <laughs> Yeah, I, I early don't, bottom five. That feels. Totally I uh, I could see them getting relegated. They don't know what to do. They just have absolutely no clue what they've, they're doing out there. They've signed like three starting elevens, and don't know who their best options are. Yeah, it's just crazy. Bit of a disaster. The direction feels like just no clue where it's going. It's wild. Yeah, if their attack next week is not Brennan Johnson, Awuniyi, and Alanga, scrap it. Scrap the whole project. I'm with you. It looks like there's no direction. They don't know what to do. They signed a bunch of players. Like, they actually took the worst, like, approach for a team just promoted to the Premier League of anyone I've ever seen. They were like, wow, this team did really, really well to get us to the Premier League. Sign 17 people. Oh. They weren't just promoted. They were there last year. No, no, no. But, like, their window last year, I mean. Their window last year, they signed 17 people. Like, I'm pretty sure that is the exact number. It was a a lot. <laughs> it was a, it was a what? What were you going to say there? Uh, it was about low. Uh, no, I think but, it's stupid. Yeah. yeah, they they look like a disaster. Arsenal look really good. Yeah. I'll, I'll skip a couple of these games. Uh, Sheffield United looked terrible. Crystal Palace only did beat them by one, but they did not look good either. I mean, in my opinion. I don't know about you guys. You guys feel free to jump in on any of these games. West Ham and Bournemouth tie 1-1. That one was not very exciting. Uh, Luton Town. Lost their first Premier League match four to one to Brighton. Uh, at least this, they got a goal. At least they got a goal. <laughs> There's not a lot to take away from that game. Uh, Brighton just looked far better. Luton Town just really look out of their depths. A lot of good goals. James Milner starting in that game. That's a funny one. Yeah. Uh, Everton lose to Fulham. Uh, I mean, I called it. I said Everton was going to suck. And uh, Fulham, I think, is going Shock. to beat up Excuse on those Spencer. bad teams. A really, really fun game over the weekend was Newcastle versus Aston Villa. Two of uh, our dark horse picks that maybe make team of the season scoring in their uh, debuts, in the Premier League debuts. Dan said uh, Sandro Tonali would score, and I said Musa Diaby. Both scored back-to-back goals, go. so good for us. And as always, Isak. I keep, we keep calling him Isak in this. I think that's I think his name. Yeah. Um, scoring a brace, Callum Wilson with one, and one of our favorites on this pod, Harvey Barnes, scoring in the dumpster time. It was a 5-1 win there. Newcastle look really damn good. Ryan's early call of Newcastle making the top four might come true because yeah. Newcastle look far, far better. It looks like they're just picking off exactly where they left off 
Yeah, picking after up. this game, like, are they going to finish higher than, than four? Like, they going for top two, man? Like, they look so good. They look completely solid. Like, this is a you, good, good team. You do still have to factor in the fact that it's the first game of the season and they're going to have Champions League. and That's true. Other yes, that is about. true. But it is against and another a good team say, that we were saying is also going to be competing for Europe, and that's Aston yeah. Villa. Yeah. Uh, Villa looked also kind of, you know, I will say, uh, <laughs> I will say that having watched like the full ninety of that one, uh, I think the moments leading, uh, like the the game leading up to Tyrone Ming's injury, yeah, followed so. by after, it's a different Villa. Completely. I, I I think I think Ming, like I don't think they would admit it, but I think Ming's injury shook them up, and oh, I don't think it was something that they could recover that's from. The backbone of that. Yeah. Too many injuries in the first week, man. That's three yeah. season-ending injuries. Uh, another good call by Ryan is saying that uh, Diaby can't score. I know he did score in this game, but it looked like he was making so many things in the final third of the pitch and then absolutely could not create anything beyond that, or nobody was helping him out beyond that. He, they, they had opportunities to score, and they just couldn't put anything in the back of the net. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying Musa Diaby has, like, an inability to score. Like, obviously, we've seen him score already. I just... He's not a natural. Yeah, I don't, He's not, like, that's his job, you know? I don't... I, he I gets there, and I agree with you, but he he just could not score. It's just, it, to me, watching him, even at Leverkusen, it always seemed like there was this weird, like, force field around within, like, maybe 20 yards of the goal. And when he steps into it, he seems a little, like, a lot... Not even a little, like, a lot less comfortable. Yeah. And it seems like he 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 just has to get past that one obstacle, and the sky's the limit. He's really good at getting there. And yeah, then just definitely a few shots. I was like, happens. you have to bury that. Like, yeah, it's got to yeah. go in. I I I think it's just like part of his kind of build as a winger. Like I think he's so 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 good at like the dribbling aspect and the the, the creating space wide. I just think that the actual like end product has been left in the back seat a little bit, and I think he needs to reach back and grab it. And yeah. Yeah. Put a little more focus on it, but he it's a bright start for him regardless. End of the day, he has a goal uh, in the first game of the season and against who I would say is one of the brightest defenses in the Premier League this season. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think that you can take much away. Uh, my last take on Newcastle, I don't know if you guys have more after it, get Anthony Gordon out of that starting 11 and put Harvey Barnes in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm already telling you. I, was like, I think that's going to be the switch. I was thinking game. that the whole time. I'm like, why is Harvey Barnes not starting? I'm 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 tired of the Anthony Gordon push already. I can't lie to you. It's been a while. I don't think he's that good. No. I, like, yeah. Yeah, Everton it just means a lot to Newcastle yeah, for like, some reason. Yeah, but like I don't care about his time for at Everton. Reason. I don't care about his time at like Newcastle recently. I don't think he's that good. Yeah, I didn't yeah, think he I had agree. the best showing. I just so I think he's just a fine Premier League player for his career. I don't think he's. You have something with Harvey Barnes. Yes. Oh yeah. Harvey Barnes. Let's see. It. Knows how to ball out. And Barnes is still young. Only twenty five. Let's see it, man. Let him cook. Let, let him, him cook. cook. Um, Sandra Schnelli, guys, if this goal. is how he's going to play all season. Could be. Man. Great showing. Just, yeah, it looks so good out there. Looks it's comfortable. Just, Go ahead. It's also just a phenomenal midfield three. It is such a good he's three. Been thrown this into. team is so good. Yeah, and they really looked at like There was no drop-off. It's Crazy. also like... It's also really funny to think that, like, I'll even say, like, three years ago, if you were like, dude, there's, like, three years from now, Newcastle's midfield of Joe Ellington, Bruno Gimaraj, and Sandro Tanali, I would be like, what did what? you smoke, where did you get it, and how much can I buy some for? Because I never thought Tanali was going to leave Milan, so that would be... But think about it, they have... I believe you. They have, uh, 
like a Bundesliga top striker in Joelinton, mixed with Bruno Gimaraj, who was like their f- somehow weirdly like first, I guess I don't know if you want to call it like Saudi era signing, but like a guy that was like linked with like far bigger clubs at the moment and just chose Newcastle. And then the pride of Italy's midfield for years to come in Sandro Tonelli. It's three names that make absolutely no sense together yeah. as of like three years ago that mended beautifully. That looks so good. It looks great. <laughs> I love Chemistry watching. Chemistry is already crazy Nuts. there. I love it. It's so yeah, fun. It's, it's amazing. I actually kind of am down to cheer for Newcastle for uh, this year because I don't have anyone else <laughs> in the Premier League. Too. Yeah, I mean, that'll be super fun football to watch. So Give me a top yeah, 16. Right now, Give me a top 16. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go Newcastle. Newcastle it is. Hop on that bandwagon. You uh, love your Saudi teams. <laughs> He's a big fan of the Saudi League. Yeah, I hear you're big. Yeah. Speaking of the Saudi League, obviously we're going to get into that. Roberto Firmino scoring a hat trick on a time kidding. <laughs> All right. The next big game, probably I'm, the, I'm, I thought was the most fun game of the weekend me. here, was Brentford Tottenham. Uh, I love Brentford. Yes. Christian Romero and Emerson Royale both being assisted by another person that we said on this podcast was going to do great things. James Madison. James. Yep. James Madison. Uh, he looked incredible. He was the best player on the pitch in this game. He looked great. Um, Tottenham looked lost still. There's a bit. I think they really need a direction of where they're going to go here. Uh, a lot of opportunities. They really need a striker. That was my biggest takeaway from this game. Jonathan Davis. They're just their whole their whole lineup is just sort of a confused. Yeah. Thing. We just confused, talked about yeah. like the melding of like Gimaraj, Joelinton, and Tanali. I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah, this at. is uh, confusing in the opposite way of how yeah. that one is. Um, but, yeah, I think if they could get a goal scorer up there, James Madison can cook. He's such um, a creative player. Like, And then I think they can really build themselves a good identity. And I agree with you. I think Jonathan David might be the perfect pickup for them. Yeah. I mean, I I like looking at the lineup, I think it's kind of funny. I didn't even know they held on to Destiny Udagi, like the Italian kid that they signed a couple years ago. I didn't even know they held on to him this season, and all of a sudden he was starting in the first Premier League game of the season. And then, like, Van de Ven right beside him. They're mixing a lot of things. They're mixing a lot of things too early for me, and I think they could have stuck to, uh, like, Roots a little more. I don't think, like, a one – I mean, I guess they had, like, a – like a three attacking midfield with like the one up front with Richarlison. Yeah. I don't think that works. I don't think I, anything with Richarlison works unless you're in Brazil. I just, I think Richarlison needs someone to work off of at a minimum. I think he's a disaster. I have yeah. some respect for my fantasy Premier League striker, please. He's a midfielder. Oh, yeah, he's a midfielder <laughs> in that. that. Why is he a midfielder in that? Because no one knows what he does. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. What does he even do? No one knows. <laughs> I actually don't know what he does, man. I don't, yeah. He's a disaster. I don't, I don't know the direction for Tottenham, uh, but all credit to Brentford. They played uh, they played a fantastic game of football, yeah. in my opinion. It was pretty fun. Um, one player on Brentford that I've been with since, like, last season that I love, uh, Vitaly Janelt deserves some praise, and I don't think anyone on the planet has given him any. Go for it. He's just a great midfielder, and I don't know if it's the fact that, like, he got signed as a small name to Brentford, who are also just a small-name club. But, like, he's, like, 6'3", big-bodied, super strong on the ball. And, like, somehow, even though, like, I don't know how, like, I don't know who to compare him to. Like, you know how, like, there are those, like, players in, like, every sport that, like, you can tell they don't have, like, the greatest technical ability, but, like, they just find a way to get things done? 
Oh, dude, I love those players. That's Vitaliano. That's, that's Sean Dyche's player right there. Yeah, but, like, in every sport they have it. Like, whether in basketball you have, like, a weird jump shot or something like that, but you get, still get things done. Like, in the NHL, since we're from, like, Toronto, I would say, like, Pierre Engvall when he used to be here. Like, he for a while he got stuff done, but, like, no technical ability, nothing flashy. He's talking, like, them. those grinders. Yeah. yeah I love grinders. Nothing flashy about them. They look sort of weird sometimes, but they're Vitaly Yonelt, and they get the job done. I love him. If Southampton gets up to the Prem next year, I want us to put in a bid. I'm trying to think of, like, basketball comparisons, but I feel like basketball is so flashy, so it's hard to think of. Yeah, basketball is kind of a hard one to look at because everyone looks sort of normal yeah. on a basketball court. Anyways. Yeah, but no, Yonelt I love. Um, I honestly, I like a lot of things Brentford does, quite honestly. I like their whole system of kind of signing small and like seeing what they can make of it is not something that I think will last all that long. Like they're going to have a rough season here and there. Um, but they're, they're very fun to watch. And I'm honestly, I'm glad that they got a, they got a good start to their season against a team that was really unpredictable and sort of proved to be at the wrong reasons in Tottenham. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, what Chelsea Liverpool, did we talk about that already? Okay, yeah. Let's, let's talk let's about, uh, let's let's talk about Chelsea Liverpool. Um, first off, I'll ask. I think you wa- you guys were able to watch these ones, right? Chelsea Liverpool, I believe so. Yeah. 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 Believe so. Uh, I do not remember. It was like two days ago. Yeah, I, I mean, I believe so. I have so. like short-term memory loss. So like, <laughs> I'm not even joking when I say that. Like, I, I legit forget things like let's that. Let's make fun of him. Idiot. Sorry, he Wait, won't remember. You say yeah. I, what, did you, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Uh, y- I know you did watch this one. <laughs> I think I was messaging you during it. I just can't I remember, think, man. Bro. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. You just don't know anything. Anyways, go ahead. You really don't remember. I just asked you what you thought of the game. Oh. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, yeah, I was. Okay, yeah. All I could think. Oh, my God, man. Ow. Dude, I got such a bad memory. Anyways. You I know what I'm not know that. You just asked me the question. You know what I'm not going to forget? Enzo. Oh my gosh, he was just... He just did forget. He had my eyes... Not anymore. He had my eyes that whole game, man. He was so good. Just like... He looks like a superstar. I honestly thought he was like the most entertaining player to watch on the pitch. Yeah, he he looked really, really fun. Just so good. Um, Other than that, like, like the second half, there's no goals, but I thought it was still really fun. No goals in the second half confused the hell out of me. I know. I remember you saying that there was going to be I, a I lot. I had a but feeling. I said in a group chat it was going to end 1-1, and it did. But, like, just watching the first half, like, it's just it's one of those games that, like, teams make adjustments at the half just, like, seeing how it went in the first 45. But, like, it's the first 45, like, just, like, the vibe around it was, like, this is going to be, like, next team to score, next team to score, next team to score. Like, I thought that was going to be, like, the whole thing, the whole game. But, no, it just it, yeah. it calmed down. I like sort of agreed with you in the moment, but thinking back on it, I don't see how any team was going to score in that second half. Um, because you're right, they should have. Because Chelsea's wingbacks were left completely open for that yeah. whole time. Like Liverpool should have complete, taken complete advantage. Except Chelsea held on to possession, and Chelsea looked really good, except in the final third of the pitch. They looked, they did not look like they could score anything. They looked like an absolute disaster. They need somebody up there. I think Nkuku should have solved those problems. Um, Jackson, I like his attitude. He reminds me of like a Diego Costa, just like a jerk to play against. Got a chip on his shoulder. Got a nice chip on his shoulder, but he had abs. Uh, he was just I actually, lost, a little confused up there. I didn't think Jackson was the issue. I thought Jackson playing alongside Sterling was the issue. 
Yeah, there there's some issues going on. They just had nothing up front. That that's that was what I found there. I thought if Ben Chilwell was a striker, he might have scored a couple. Ben Chilwell looked great in this game. He's a good player, man. I, yeah, he was he was he was pretty superb. But I I think Chelsea's biggest issue is that they have nothing up there, and their goalie situation is a little confusing. He didn't look great. Um, and Liverpool, if they didn't lose possession that entire second half, they probably could have taken advantage of what you were talking about. How they just left their wing backs completely exposed. Oh, their wing back thing was absolutely annoying me to watch. That's going to kill them for the yeah. rest of the season. And it wasn't unless even they can score, but I don't think they can. I think there's so many um, issues yeah. with that Chelsea team. Well, my my first problem is you have Raheem Sterling, and you're playing not like a basic, but like a relatively basic three-five-two system. Sterling does not fit into that style of system. He is not a striker. He is not a wing back. He's not a midfielder. Like he is a winger at, by heart. Playing him alongside a striker is only a deterrence to the other striker, in my opinion. Um, my problem with the wing back thing, it wasn't even like one of those systems where, like, oh, like balls on the left side, so the left wing back moves forward, the right wing back kind of shifts across. It still creates like sort of a back four. If the ball is on the left side. Reese James was still like fired up the yeah, pitch, hundred percent. Like there was no. That's gonna bite them in the bum bum. Yeah, there was no. <laughs> I don't know if I like that you worded. Uh, There's no like coverage as far as when the wingbacks pushed up. Like I, and then I mean I guess the idea is now they have they have Lavia and Caicedo, so maybe it'll yeah. work better in that sure. way that. Um, you ha- kind of have like them. Yeah, they can move up and you can, can cover for them. It's the same thing. I think Italy did it at the uh, 2020 Euros with like Spinazzola because they made Spinazzola such a big part of the attacks so that when he went up, like Locatelli dropped in. It like it's a style that definitely works. It's just they weren't doing it in the slightest, and it looked like a horrible, horrible idea. Yeah, it which was, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it it was it was one of like the leading causes. I thought there was going to be more goals because of how open. Both teams' formations sort of were. I mean, even Liverpool with like their three-man midfield, it was not a defensive midfield by any means. Yeah, you, you could know? tell. I feel like I know people were really enamored by Enzo in that game, um, but it Chelsea didn't look good. That team nope. did not look good in the slightest. Where you could tell with Liverpool, they need a holding midfield. They just needed possession in that second half, and they could have actually done something and taken advantage because they were doing all the necessary things they needed to do. It's just they couldn't have any – they were playing – uh, attacking midfielders at the back they were trying to cover the whole time it was it just didn't work so Chelsea to me looked terrible but with those two signings I think that covers your wingback problem but the issue I still find with them is up front and their goalie I, yeah. I don't think Chelsea was terrible I think they're just a little I mean I don't want to call them inconsistent it's like one game but like there were definitely moments where I was like well I'm seeing some brilliance here like I can see the vision with this team but they're adding like two great players. Yeah. It's obviously going to improve from there. I thought their uh, wingbacks looked great. Like Chilwell and Reese James looked incredible, and Enzo looked oh, yeah. good. It's just a lot of the stuff around that team. It, it was really confusing. Tiago Silva had a great tackle. That yeah. was uh, on, uh, I think it was Diaz. Um, but an issue that we'll talk about also in the Man United game. VAR is back. Um, can I? Can some I? horrible to say. Yeah. What was you? Oh, no. I just want to give one more Chelsea. Go, 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 go. Uh, last thing, and then I will talk about VAR because it's a very fun conversation. <laughs> I'm excited for it. Uh, last Chelsea thing. Uh, I'm not going to make the mistake because last year, Koulibaly, I believe, scored in his first game as a center back for Chelsea and then co- sort of just fell off the face of the planet. But Axel de Saucy, to me, looked brilliant. He looked good. 
Uh, I like their back three right now. And then my last problem, um, everyone is giving Enzo Fernandez all the credit in the world, which I think is righteous. But at the same time, uh, no offense to you, know, Mike, over there, like a Liverpool I don't think the midfield he was yeah. doing it against is I a midfield agree. that was It was a midfield that was easy to that, cook for fair. a player like him. Yeah, I There's think... There's nobody uh, he's competing against for the ball. Yeah, there were, like... Saba There was, like, a few moments where there was, like, legit, like, two or three guys in there, and he just, like, pulled yeah. it out, like, no problem. I was like, holy crap. Saba is waiting for someone to recover sense. so he can move up. And McAllister is the one playing holding midfield, and he's not a holding midfield. He doesn't know how. He's an attacker. Yeah. I think when... And, like, I love Enzo, but like those little flashy things, like you said, even like the little like fancy like two touches like out of them, yeah. they didn't contribute I, anything. No, and well, I, you'd move the ball up after that, but yeah, it, but it, it I think nothing though. Like, again, well, yeah, it had move, nothing in the final third. Yeah, I think when he comes up against midfields where there maybe is a Casemiro or there exactly. maybe is a Rodri mm-hmm. or there's someone like that that like is used to That'll those things. That'll be the real challenge. That's those the will be the challenges. Yeah, I it'll, think it'll be a really really fun game this second fixture this season. Yeah. But yeah. he had all the composure in the world for it, and like you have to have that composure to pull off those things against anyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, so still all credit in the he world. He still looks really good. Yeah, but he's still yeah, very I exciting, but I, that's a good point. I'm intrigued for when he comes up against the big-bodied midfields that are willing to yeah. willing to step up to him exactly. a lot harder. I agree. Um, Real quick, do you guys think Nicholas Jackson and, and Kunku are enough? I think they need for a, their attack an, for the rest an of the actual season? striker. Because that's like... Jackson's like a fine some... buy, but he didn't look like he was doing much. And Nkuku, I don't know if he's a natural striker, and it looks like they might play him on the wing. I saw, like, this tweet, and it was a good point. It's like, Chelsea bought all these players, but, it's like... X post. Get out of here, bro. I don't want to call it X. <laughs> it's garbage. Anyways, um, like, they bought all these players, you know, spent a lot of money, but, like, they didn't target, like a, like, a world-class striker. You'd think that with, like, building this thing, you'd want to buy, like, a really good striker, even if it's not like a like an older guy. Just like I don't know. I get what I you mean. You like have to look at the market. Like a finisher. Yeah, yeah, like you'd think that that's something that they would go for. You have to look it, at the market, though. Who's there? Yeah, like that's that's. I was actually trying to when I saw that. I was like, who would you buy? And I couldn't really like. I think they bought the guys who were available. Well, I think I think I, mean, I think Madrid Lukaku went, we is just still weighing them down too. True. Because yeah, like, Lukaku still belongs to them. And oh, I, don't I think forgot about that whole Real Lukaku Madrid thing. got Giselu. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but I mean, like, that's the market that you're getting. Real what Madrid. For, what was that for, I Dan? Just, I love how much you guys stand him. It's really funny. He's great. He's the GOAT. Oh, I'm not, he's I'm not so saying good. What are you God, talking I just, about? I just love how much you guys stand him. He I'm is... not allowed to appreciate your standing. No. Spain World Cup starting striker Giselu. Bro, if the best baller. player in the world is off the table, who else are you going to get? And don't oh, say well. Giselu, because he's the best he's player gone. in the world. He's the best player in the world, yeah. Jeez, Ballon d'Or winner. Three times in the next three years. Anyways, let's talk <laughs> VAR. <laughs> um, VAR's back. A uh, bit of a disaster class, i got to say. Well, I guess we'll talk the Man United Wolves game here. Uh, Man United win on a one nothing final against Wolves. Uh, Man United didn't look great. Wolves look bad. Um, Varane scores. You think Wolves, whoa, you think Wolves look bad? I think they held their own, but I, they, I, I, yeah, yeah, no, I'd say they look bad. They didn't Dude, look for having their, for having Gary O'Neill at the helm for less than a week to prepare on and no preseason games, I thought they looked pretty solid. Oh, I thought it looked like they had less than a week and no. no I thought they looked solid, dude. <laughs> I think Man United more so just looked a little weak. United did not look good. They looked slow, man. Bad I don't know, man. I think you're wrong in that. I think really? I think Wolves, Wolves, weirdly, with everything happening in the background, they showed me a lot more promise than mm-hmm. I thought they were going to. I thought oh, you were talking about teams. Wolves. I thought you were talking about oh, Wolves. I, I, I just thought both United. teams looked bad. 
yeah, I thought United looked like they were still in the middle of a of a, of a big shift. Well, I thought yeah. they looked the same. No. No, I thought they were good last season. No, no, no. I mean, both teams in this game looked the same. Oh, I thought okay. they both. Oh. It was just like a boring. They didn't look good. I thought they both looked bad. Yeah, I mean, I think there were areas of both teams that looked fine. I thought Aaron Wan-Bissaka had a great game. Wan-Bissaka uh, had a really good game. Let's I thought Luke Shaw that. had a good game too. Bob I thought both. Great, I thought though. both fullbacks had a good game. I, I, I maybe I might just be a hater. I think you are. <laughs> but honestly, I think you just have a hard time yeah, saying anything good. I might. Um, I might just hate Luke Shaw. I don't know why. I have nothing. I against respect him. Luke Shaw, bro. Yeah, I, <laughs> he, he looks weird. I will say I, I wasn't I wasn't totally sold on their attack setup. United. No, no. Um, I like I don't think that their aim is to have Rashford at the striker position. I no. think that's just like waiting on Hoyland, who's that's that was my biggest thing. Everything. I think they definitely missed that. They haven't even got him yet, but you can already tell they're missing a presence like that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like Garnacho as much as I liked him last season. I thought he had a really slow start. I didn't yeah, mean, he's. I wasn't a he, big he's fan like of him. A, he's a raw player. Still got a yeah, lot of development like, left. Yeah, but like, for match week one, it was a step down from like match week thirty-eight of last year to me. True, for him at least. But uh, no, I didn't. Like, I mean, if we're talking in like the top three, top four terms, obviously, like if we're if we're putting like City, Arsenal, well, like Newcastle and Man United, I think that was who we who we think were all kind of one, agreeing yeah. on. I would say that Man United looked the fourth best of those four teams. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're, definitely. They're the worst of the best. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't think they looked horrible. Man United? Yeah, to me. I thought both teams just looked bad. I wasn't a fan of anything that was really going on in that game. I, I wouldn't say horrible for United or anything like that, but like I mediocre. Said bad. I said bad. <laughs> I do bad. think, though. Why are you so one of you, hyperbolic, bro? One of you had Wolves going down, right? Hyperglycemic, not what? Bomb. One of you had Wolves going down? I, I had them going down. I think Wolves are staying up now. Yeah, me too. Yeah. They looked bad, it's, but it, they did look better than a lot of the crap we saw. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it did not look like a team, at, and especially like I really like Gary O'Neill as a manager, and I think he's someone that he he looked animated. Yeah, he looked especially after the. Uh, we'll get. I guess we'll get to the controversy here. Um, in the Liverpool Chelsea game, there was a handball in the box. What'd you guys think of that one? That was pretty blatant. <laughs> I think that was definitely handball because it was a corner kick. Yeah, like, literally you, like if, just If you're just ball. playing the game and, like, your hand is here in front of your okay, – for listeners, my hand is in front of my body. <laughs> if someone's just, like, you're playing the game and someone just kicks it at you like that, like, there's nothing you can do. But, like, this is, like, a corner kick. You should be preparing to not have your hand in front of your body. So I it's clear handball. I feel like Dan right now. I can't even remember it right now. <laughs> well, you got short-term memory loss yeah, or something? I, think so. I can't it think was, of it. It was uh, pretty blatant. It was pretty messed up. How nothing called. I think the issue with VAR is how do you review that and you and get don't, it wrong? And you get it wrong. It seemed pretty clear and obvious. Uh, a lot of the, I don't know if you guys follow all the refs on TikTok, but they go over things after. Uh, pretty unanimous decision that that one was a penalty. Uh, but the more blatant one in the, pre- I think with handball, you could go back and forth about what you see as a handball. But I think when a pretty much unanimous decision comes from all the referees that it is handball, then Eh, whatever. But I guess in the game, it's a little up in the air. Pretty obvious one was the Onana. Easy uh, pen. Yeah. Like, he just jumps in the air. Um, the ball's not really near him. His hands don't even really reach for the ball. He kind of just tackles somebody. Uh, and it's in the dying minutes of the game. That one was pretty obvious. Yeah, uh, no question. I don't know why you wouldn't even let the ref look at it. 
I don't understand VAR in any sport, video review, what do you, whatever you want to call it. I am very sick and tired of the idea. Because, like, I don't even know if the Premier League uses it, but most sports use the idea that, like, uh, like the call on the field is, like, initially, like, what's right, and you have to have enough to overturn it. Yeah, that, it. that is what. I am sick and tired of that idea. If you're going to review for something, that means that there's questions about the call on the field. Just judge it for what it is. Yeah. I get you don't want to, like, embarrass your refs or anything like that. Like, oh, you got the call wrong. Who cares? Everyone knows they have a hard job. Just if you're going to the video review, then review it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't 100% agree. You don't, like, a ref should, if a ref, especially in that minute of the game, should always go to the board if it's going to video review in the general. Yeah. Analogy. You don't. You don't read a review of a movie and then write your review based on that last review. You watch the movie and then you review it. You get what I mean? It's a great analogy. Yeah. Really I like VAR for offsides. I don't. I, I think, think even offsides is weird. No, because yeah. what do they do from that there's angle? Some pretty blatant. Okay, it's not. That's you can't have a camera just zooming up and down the field you following the ball. You absolutely can, bro. With, with the technology you'd have to have and all the dude, balls. Dude, you absolutely just... would be kooky bananas. You could just have a wide-angle shot, dude. You don't have to follow it as closely. You just wide-angle shot. Well, boom. okay, the geometrics of the angle make sense with the lines they're drawing. I don't no, think that's stupid, the issue. Bro. I think I the issue with... Line dead the on, issue bro. I find with VAR and offside is if it's, like, that much, like, that's the nature of the game is that. Like, that's that means yeah, you're making I, I the run with, with the person. I, it should be, oh, he ran at the same time that I started running, and we're basically even. If you're, like, a whole person off, then obviously if somebody called it a goal, then VAR should review it and say, no, that wasn't a goal. He was completely offside. But like if it's the, by these slight margins, especially that's that just stuff bothers me. Uh, I wanted to get your opinion as a Man City fan, who's um, I know people say live our pool, but you have benefited the most from VAR. And I think the issue, especially with VAR, you have in every there's no, there, every single statistic, Man City leads. Anyways, um, <laughs> but I think one of the issues of why VAR hasn't been challenged so much is because. Uh, Man City, even without it, nobody's debating that they would have won any of those games. Like nobody's saying, "Oh, Man City isn't going to do that because of VAR." If it was a team where it was super close, like through all the seasons that Man City was winning, then I think people would start getting upset about it, and we actually might see it gone. But nobody's debating that Man City has been good this whole time. And even yeah. in the, even in the Liverpool season, nobody was really saying like Liverpool were winning the league by thirty points by the time the pandemic stopped during the VAR season. So, what's your question? I think what's your question? As a Man City fan, like, how do you feel about VAR? Well, I, I don't like it. I think as a fan of football, I don't you think— You just don't like reviews. I. But even, I'm, like, have you you've seen it help your team? On occasions, I've also seen it screw over my team. I don't yeah. think it has anything to do with the team. I think just officiating the Prem is not good. Do you—okay, th- more this. The things that bother you about it rather than the things that you remember that have helped you out more, what's better? Or what do you find you think about more? The upsets? Uh, more so the upsets, yeah. Like of things course, got yeah. screwed over. But then, like. But not just me. I think of every team. I just think of. I just think there needs to be like complete overall. Yeah, I guess you're more of a that. soccer fan than a city fan, eh? No, I'm a city fan, <laughs> but I also just like the sport. And I. I I've just I, always been curious about how city. Gaslight, gaslight, gaslight. Yeah, I'm uh, getting gaslit here. <laughs> Why are you so good at that? Uh, I'm just <laughs> always curious about how city fans feel about it because 
it's hard to get a conversation on Twitter or something. I will say VAR on offsides, I approve of until it's all right. <laughs> until uh, we have a little roly poly around the mic over here. Um, I, I approve of it on offsides until it's like those margins where like, you know, when like, like, for example, the def- like the defensive line is, like, facing the ball and then the attacker is making, like, the run in behind, but then he gets called offside because, like, his knee is moving yeah. forward in mid yeah. both of I the Both of the offsides in the like Liverpool-Chelsea game should have been That's, goals. like, the same as I what hate, Mike was saying. Yeah, I yeah. hate that because, to me, that is a phenomenal run. Kay, okay, so um, there's a – I don't know if it was actually, like, officially proposed or if it's just, like, a fan thing. How do you guys feel about a rule change where you're not offside if you have, like – your foot behind the defender, but your body's in front. Kind of like in hockey where you can drag your leg. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, that's I fine. like it. I, just, I think that would be just, really cool. I think if it's so marginal like that, that's, that, that is against the spirit of the sport. I've always... Yeah, which, I is, which was the biggest issue with VAR. But I, I do think that we need VAR because then you have things like when Ireland could have gone to the World Cup and Thierry Henry handballed, or Maradona scores the go- the, the hand, of God. hand of God goal. For egregious things like that, 100%. But that's why you need it, and but you can't. You have to have it all the time if you want to end those things. Because you're saying that uh, you would you would think about the things that have screwed over your team more. But then if you didn't have it and you got screwed over by something like that, I feel like that's almost worse. Yeah, because that used to happen all the time. I the beach VAR, ball goal. What was that? You guys oh, remember that Darren one? Ben. I think. Come VAR, on. <laughs> I think VAR is fine by me to stay around. I just think they need to. Like, I'm going to say simplify, like, the rules on VAR. But, like, I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying VR like, less things. I just think there's, like, too many little, like, notebook rules that they have to equate, like, all at the same time. I think it should literally just be, like, if you have a, a, a trained referee in the VAR room that, like, sees something wrong, let him see something wrong. Like, you don't need to be like, oh, but uh, rule section 2.XB or something states, like, who cares? But have we thought about the idea that maybe the people in VAR are just stupid? Well, they are. Like, they are. The uh, There's no such thing as a perfect referee. There's no, not. I, I agree with that, but some of these are legit so dumb. The Andre yeah, they're legitimately stupid. A penalty. I oh, have absolutely yeah. no idea how people are, some some of these refs still have a job and they're calling stuff Dude, like, like, like that. Dude, calls it's like that? It's egregious. Yeah, like yeah. calls like that? You're an idiot. There's no other way to put it. It's I, like I actually agree. They're, you're just a stupid idiot. Do yeah, not be reffing. Like, yeah. how does that happen? I mean, I think yeah. Like, I mean, their response was like, "What's I think not scheduling any of those. Oh, yeah, None yeah. of the refs the involved in that game are in any of the fixtures this weekend. Yeah, that's good. I'm really it's, happy to see that. Yeah, it's good. But like, if there is an agenda behind the scenes, like let's just like say magically, like they are getting like paid off like hard cash. No what. what? No, be saying that. I know. I'm no. I'm just saying though. Like, <laughs> yeah. if there no, okay, okay, go ahead. If there is like the agenda behind the scenes, like these refs are trying to essentially like match fix, right? Because no, I don't think people are match fixing. But like, that's what a lot of people idiots. were saying though that they were really? saying. Well, like people I don't were. Think so. I don't know. People were pushing an agenda that like Man United being at like the high level of the prem were being supported rather than caring about Wolves and them getting appointed to the match. I think there's internal biases sometimes. Exactly. Definitely. But I like, I don't if, think any ref is like consciously fixing but a match. That's my problem though is if there are like the internal biases then is like bringing someone one week off of 
like doing their job is that gonna get rid i of think that's more practice? just like a punishment like hey guys you really screwed up yeah I you're not it, gonna get paid i this think week. it just makes them more aware in the moment and just yeah if they it, are it's letting like bias a, it's like slapping on the wrist like come on guys yeah if they are letting bias and just be more objective i think it's i, I think it's more of a message to fans that like yeah we're aware we know I that think we I agree. Up. I'm, I'm with Mike on that one. I think it's just a message for the fans. Yeah, I just don't think it'll change anything. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, we've been, people yeah. have been complaining about the officiating the Prem for. I just a think long that time. if like the biggest teams, like if we haven't seen this magical Liverpool Man City run where it was these two teams battling out for so long, obviously light years ahead of everybody else in the league, that we might see more. If we had more parity in the league, then we might see more uproar about VAR. Because it's not debatable if Man City should have won any of those seasons, or if Liverpool should have won that one season. But I just, yeah. I just hate the idea that there are biases that exist. That because Onana did it, it was and like it wasn't Jose saw on the other end. It like differs the call. That's what I hate, and that's what something I don't think that you can expire yeah. from the game. Unfortunately, it's impossible to remove bias. They can, yeah, like you they can't. can do what they want with like these little one week off thingies. Like we're not gonna give you jobs and pay you, but like. Who knows? But, like, are these same issues happening in other leagues? Uh, well, La Liga got rid of it, but that was because they just didn't want to pay the money. Yeah. <laughs> they don't uh, have enough money for that? Italy's, no. I actually think, is a cool system because Italy's is literally just they let the ref know if they should use VAR, and no matter what, if they get told to use VAR, then the referee on the field goes over to the screen. That's what it, yeah, so like, like, you should. That's like the Prem just makes these bonehead decisions. Like that's such I an think easy thing to this do. This was a disaster class for yeah. your first weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the consistency is insane. Yeah. I do think that the one problem with the Italian system is that it forces the referee to admit that he is wrong. Who cares? Why is that bad? Why does it because matter if you're wrong? Don't. I know, but like some but like it's a weird it's yeah, a then weird don't, pride thing. Don't hire that, dummies. Yeah, that's that's a a personnel issue then if someone's yeah, so egotistical that they can't admit they're wrong you know yeah but like, like it's also like sometimes they're just like no like i will explain this call <laughs> you know what i mean like I sometimes having the people in the room that are like this is what you should say like forcing them to both systems have their quirks and their per- perks and benefits and stuff but i think i'd prefer the italian one just if i had to look at them in, like in a what is the word in a bubble sure yeah yeah bubble's a word bubble is a that, word that is a word can yeah. you spell it daniel b-u-b-b-l-e Beep. Oh, he did it. BBL. Oh, um, no, brother, that one's gonna hurt. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. I think th- I think this is time to to end this. Yeah. That... All right. Uh, Wait, do you have any predictions for Women's World Cup? You guys want to do that real quick? Yeah. Predictions? Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, uh, this is one of the most even matches, as I said earlier. I think it's gonna go the way of England. I would love for Spain to win, but I just feel like England caught a little bit of magic. I'm going Spain. I just always love Spain. Yeah, you know, they're just a. Fun I'm rooting for Spain. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm going for Spain. I never want England to win. Anything. Yeah, so two nothing. No, two one Spain, and and they're gonna score the second goal in the 88th minute. Second. Mm. I'm hoping for a great game. Uh, I hope for the Spain win. I'm gonna go England, even though I've said Spain every day up until today. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna go England. I'm gonna say three two. I think we're gonna have a good game. Ooh. I think Lauren James gonna get two. I, was I, do, say I think it's going to be a big game, too. I think, Lauren, Lauren I think it's going to be a story. cool, yeah, I think it's gonna be a cool, cool. Lauren James story. Yeah. I think she's going to push her agenda a lot. I'm going to go England 4-2. Okay. Didn't, didn't you already say a score? Yeah, I thought you already... Oh, no, no. No, I didn't say a score. Oh, yeah. 4-2. You think it's going to be goals, goals? I think it's going to be goals, goals. 
Goals, goals is goals. All right. Anyway, that game's going to take place 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. I hope you guys can stay tuned. Canadian Eastern Standard but, Time. Uh, Ryan, why don't you give us a little preview for Saturday when Southampton take on Plymouth Argyle? Uh, you can expect at least 70% possession. Uh, as usual, I think that's uh, honestly I wouldn't I wouldn't tune in for that one. It's at seven thirty in the morning, and I, I'm I'm gonna watch because I love Southampton. But there's not too much exciting about it. I I think it's gonna be a two nothing Southampton win. I think we're gonna we're gonna play with our food a little bit. It could be some some dangerous times. But our manager is getting along really well with the chaps. Um, he's he's recently backed Gavin Bazunu and just loaded him with confidence again because there was a, a lot of toxicity around him. Um, so I think this is a chance for us to. To prove, prove once again that we are one of the favorites. Because I think the four four was a little questionable. Um, I think our defense needs to hold strong. That is what I'm going to be watching for. Quite frankly, at the moment, don't care about the attack. Uh, I think we need to get a clean sheet against Plymouth because uh, they're Plymouth. Unfortunately, sorry, Pie Face. I know Pie Face is a big Plymouth Argyle fan. You don't listen to this, so I don't care, Pie Face. <laughs> You're going down. Um, yeah, that, Heck yeah, not, brother. It's not really too much to talk about regarding it. I, I'm worried about our midfield because we don't have one at the moment. Stuart Armstrong's probably going to have to file in, and I don't even know who else. Um, maybe a young guy. Who knows? But I'm excited. I don't want to wake up early, but I'm excited. Heck, yeah. Woo. All right. That's going to conclude our thrilling journey Heck through yeah. the action-backed opening weekend of the Premier League on the kick a boot. I'm your host, Mike Jose Collins. Joined with me has been always... Oh, that's my cue, I think. Oh. Uh, I'm 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 Daniel Ramos. And I'm Ryan Galati. Ryan Galati, one on Twitter, Raptors Vision, please change your Twitter name. And Mike Do you Jose mean his X name? Collins. All you can find all of us on X Post. Follow this podcast. A huge thank to thank you to all our listeners, especially Eric's roommate. As we eagerly await the next round of matches, be sure to subscribe to the Kickaboot. Follow us on all our social medias as always. Uh, we will talk all things Premier League as I put out my crystal ball predictions. Uh, but until next episode, keep the football spirit alive, cheer for your favorite teams, and get ready for more captivating discussions on the kick-a-boot. Shout out my dad. He's a pretty decent dude.